clear. Stand by. Stage reset at House Lights. Thanks, team, for another great show. I'll see you all backstage. This is Designed to Change Backstage Conversations. Welcome back. Thank you. Would you like a magic um, um, little Dutch treat? This is a Dutch treat that made it to Switzerland. I'm passing it to you. Thank you. you I'm going to take the magic bean. It looks like a licorice. Oh, you guessed it. Bean. Can you taste it? Good food. Like? I, I can, but <laughs> not my favorite. So <laughs> I'll, I'll enjoy it for your sake. So let me ask you do you think it's savory or sweet? Oh, I think black licorice is the perfect combination of savory and sweet without being umami. It just kind of alleviates a lot of taste buds and it has a very strong reaction in most people. It does. Yeah. yeah like love it or Marmite or things yeah. like that. <laughs> so this is actually double salty um, Dutch licorice. Um, and I have to think of it because... One of the things that's really hard to talk about is like the sensations, right, that you get without knowing from the outside what it actually is going to taste like. And I think that's part of the magic of good conversations as well. You never know where they're going to end up. But uh, Devon, how do you feel after this onstage part? And now we're hanging out backstage. How how was this for you? Oh, I I'm glad that I had an answer for everything. Um, I'm I'm glad that I didn't prepare because I wanted to answer from the heart. Um, that was really important to me. And as, as I've mentioned before, I'm an emotional person. And I think in the past, I didn't see that as a benefit. I saw it as a hindrance. And so I was quiet and I overthought and I tried to give like the perfectly thought out answer, but that's not genuine to me. Like that's not who I am. I'm an emotional person. I'm a reactive person, which is, which is great. I have to learn how to harness it at times. I, I won't say it's always a benefit. But I wanted to make sure that the answers that I gave on stage were, were as genuine to me as possible so that if anyone listened or wanted to get to know me better, that they would know what I bring to EDC, what I bring as a mastermind and as a designer that's different from you and Rule and Anthony and, and all my other event design geeks and super nerds. Um, I, I wanted to make sure they knew that, that that's what I brought and that it was genuine. So I'm really glad that I did that and I felt like it went well. And yeah, I'm a little excited, a little giddy. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think, and, and, and that's what I, I mean, what people can't hear is we actually had a conversation before we recorded the onstage part, which was the closed application for masterminds. And one of the things you mentioned was that, um, let's say you can get success with design, right? If you change behavior and, and, and you make that successful in your business. Uh, the reason why it becomes successful is because you stimulate curiosity and intrigue and it will convert into question askers. I thought it was a fascinating statement. So if you stimulate curiosity and intrigue, you will convert the recipient into question askers. So what question do you have for our audience to ponder today? Backstage. Backstage. When you think about... You think about um like a high street or a main street in an old town, not, not a big super center. Um, I'll, I'll bring you to the streets of Paris, pick any or one of these small that mm -hmm. you want. 
but a, a small backstone cobblestone street and you smell something wonderful. And immediately your mind says, what is that? And, and your saliva glands start going like, oh, wow, what, what is that? Is it, is it from that bakery or is it from that cafe? And, and you maybe instinctually, if you're not in a hurry to start to follow that and move your head around and look, and, and you might see that the person at the cafe catty corner to you just got served a beautiful hamburger. Um, and I say hamburger because when I was in Paris, um, in 2015, the year I got married, hamburgers were like the rage. Like oh, yeah? <laughs> they were everywhere, which is as an, as an American, you're thinking like, there are some people who eat cheeseburgers three times a day and they're at every quarter store and fast food restaurant. And I mean, they're just ubiquitous and they're very lovely, but they're not necessarily a, the thing a gastronomic culinary delight that one would expect on the streets of Paris. But, you know, so I, I say hamburger, but, you know, and, you, and you're looking at it and like you can smell the savoriness and you can kind of sense the heat. And then you're looking that there's maybe like some really fresh vegetables on top. And in the mind, you're like, oh, I know that that juxtaposition of, of crisp vegetable and hot burger. And you're just like, and now all your mind can think about is like, where can I get one? And that's what I think about when I, I think about these conversations is, is how do you start not just to engage the mind, but engage the senses or, or in terms of philanthropy and engagement, engage the emotions, engage the nostalgia, engage the person, hmm. um, and to get them to see themselves, you know, in that place of, of the change that you'd like them to enact or, or in terms of the metaphor of sitting down and eating that perfect burger on that beautiful street with the church bells in the background and the pigeons cooing and you can just see yourself in that perfect vignette and you can't wait to get there and and I think that's that's the question I want people to think about and, and ask themselves is is how do you get how what is that first nugget that scent that sound that that piece that engages them to to change whatever they were doing to take a moment to stop even if it's a second to say what was that or what is that smell or what does that mean? Or can you tell me more? That's awesome. Your, your, your story um, um, makes me want to ask a question to you, <laughs> uh, which is what's the biggest restaurant pivot you've seen or like food pivot you've seen during this, like, you know, we're, we're now like October, 6th of October, 2021, right? For those that are listening to mm. this, maybe 10 years down the line, digital will prevail. Um, what what's the biggest like cool pivot or thing that you've seen in that space or change massive change whether it was designed or not but it probably may have been designed mm. that you think is um is a change for for the better the two that come to mind are the fancy food space um uh i work with a wonderful professor and your friend jonathan joich here at drexel he runs the drexel food lab uh, and one of the things they do is consult with restaurateurs and entrepreneurs on fancy food space and products and to see how many restaurateurs took their core idea or their core flavor profile. And instead of hosting the full-time restaurant and having the staff and the overhead and the COVID is, is to switch to, I'm just going to take that nugget, that essence of who I am or who we are mm. and put it in a jar. Mm. And that's what I'm going to sell. And, and I'm still mean, we're still us. And it's still my concept and my flavor profile and my story from my roots. But it's, it's condensed down into this little jar that you can take home and share with yourself, with your family, with your curiosity. And maybe you, you use it in a different and amazing way. 
Um, and the other that I was actually really proud to see was how many restaurants stepped up during that time to meet the needs of their community, which wasn't fully ongoing, but a wonderful pivot. Mm. Um, we talk about supply chain a lot in the hospitality industry, what we can get and how we can source it. And when we all kind of went home, there was a great amount of, of you know, retail sourcing issues. You couldn't get toilet paper, you couldn't get milk, you couldn't get eggs. But all the package for hotels and restaurants and that and that more you know commercial side was available. So how many restaurants just started still ordering commercial and repackaging to make sure people had access to groceries, you know, and 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 to help bridge the gap while the producers stopped production for the commercial space to repackage and repurpose for the residential you know, retail space. Uh, so how many restaurants said you can come get, you know, a gallon of milk and a dozen eggs and we're going to take the huge number 10 can of chicken soup or tomato sauce and we'll repackage it into little quart containers for your home usage. Yeah. And and they sort of, you know, made, you know, lemon jello out of out of lemons, but to support their community who didn't have access. And they did even re- re-rolling toilet paper from the huge commercial rolls to residential wow. sizes, yeah. like yeah. to you know, to meet those needs or the ones who said, we have all of this food that we can't use. Who's hungry? Who's not going to have access to food or who can't go out to grocery stores or who's immunocompromised and it's not safe. How do we get that to them regardless of cost? Uh, and that was so wonderful to see the humanity of our industry. It's just, I'm so proud of them to, to have seen those opportunities. And, and again, it wasn't to make money. It wasn't for a profit. It was to ensure that they could meet the needs of the community, which they, which they've been a part of and hoped to to remain a part of through something difficult to pave the way to coming out on the other end and how many of them survived because of that and created that sort of loyalty so that when they could reopen, like I couldn't wait to go back and see my favorite server or cheers my favorite bartender and sit in that cafe where maybe I had my first kiss or our first date or my first heartbreak and and still sit there (laughs) and go back to that and engage that nostalgia with that perfect bite of food or that perfect drink. I love that because it's actually, um, you're describing the very thing that you said is, is one of the behaviors that, you know, you, you could change or you, you, if, if you would change it, it would really contribute to what you do. Right. So you said it's, it's about product over process and emotions over intelligence where emotive behavior skills, um, added to the business mix are actually like a superpower. And I think that's what you've just mm-hmm. not just described in our, in our head, but also in uh, the sense of belonging people have in a community and resolving its problems with the resources and whatever it is that's there, right? All of a sudden becomes a superpower. And um, the other, you know, as you were talking about it, it also made me think of, um, uh, there's a restaurant. Uh, so my, my, my daughter is, is, is in that age bracket where she studies at university. She's in, up in Copenhagen and I went to visit her. Um, I found it amazing to see that a restaurant like Noma, who actually today got the um, number one spot on the world's top restaurants, a restaurant that forever and a day was innovating and innovating and innovating, actually shut down the full, you know, high end, ex- you know, really like very experimental and wonderful experience according to those that have been mm-hmm. i've never been able to get a seat in the place <laughs> um 
But they actually did something similar where they, you know, made me think of your burger story. They turned their operation into creating a perfect burger, which is called the Poplar Burger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they moved it from where the restaurant is near Frederikshaven to a downtown place mm-hmm. that's very accessible. Because initially they started in that place, but then people were lining up mm-hmm. and it was dangerous with COVID and people had to travel too far. And then they brought the burger in. And now it's actually one of the, it's one of the most sold burgers in, mm-hmm. in the city. And because people were complaining when they stopped selling them, like they missed their opportunity. People line up forever to get mm-hmm. one of those. <clears throat> um, it created a little revolt. So they actually had to open a restaurant that does it full time. <laughs> Whilst now reopening the other restaurants. There's a very similar story here here in the States. It's actually one of my husband's favorite burgers. So there's a restaurant, a very high-end restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Holman and Finch. And they had industry folks who would come in late at night who would get off of work at like eight, nine o'clock restaurant close. They would go to get a bite to eat. And so they started making the perfect cheeseburger. And they make their own ketchup and mustard and pickle in-house and bread and everything. Um, so that industry folks would have a really tasty bite to eat, but they only started selling them at 10 o'clock. They would make like 30 or 40, whatever number it was a day. And when they were sold out, they were sold out. And it became so popular. People would go late at night to be sat at 10 o'clock just to get access to this burger. And now it's, it's changed their concept to, to this perfection. There's actually just the Holman and Finch burger. It's like one of the number one sellers at the Atlanta Braves ballpark. It's just Holman and Finch. And all they do is make burgers and they've perfected the assembly line for the perfection. Just, you know, because that's all they do. You just show up and you just say how many. Like, there's no, it's just how many are you getting? There's nothing else to get. But this concept of No customization. Of it's just no custom. It's just, this is it. That's it. <laughs> but the care for the industry. And it was, and it, and it started as a love from the heart to take care of, of those of us in industry who needed who something tasty. Hard. Yeah, yeah at, at late night. <laughs> and has revolutionized their concept. How cool is that, right? So yeah, the power and I, and, of the burger. And I like, and I like the serendipity of the fact that this actually happened, almost like, probably at around the same time, right? Mm-hmm. In different places on the planet, um, in different ways. But if you're now curious about the burger that you know Devon just described, or this popple burger that mm-hmm. I was talking about, there is a big dispute in Copenhagen. I know of that. There's another. Um, competing burger so now it's like a burger war between this one and the other one and it, and then it becomes a matter of taste right there's two camps like okay but I really like this one better than this one and so it actually multiplies the mm. propensity for people to experiment with quality I think quality attracts yeah. quality and I think that's what uh, what is so encouraging about this but it burger. also all starts with curiosity like why is it so popular what is it about it yeah. that makes it popular why is that one a competitor? Why do you say that one's better? And it all goes back to asking the questions and creating the conversation. And would you leave it to chance? Like which one you want to try first? Is it the original? Is it the competitor? Is it the one that your friends like? Is it the one that your parents like? But if it weren't for COVID, would those things have been there? That's, that's, that's an even better question. Right. So I think innovation um, and, and, and this, this kind of um, curiosity conversion superpower that you were just calling it, which I really like, um, is a really, really strong, um, it's just, it's a really powerful thought that you can apply to just about anything, but you have to have the right conversation and be sparked by the right questions. Like you were just doing uh, Devin with us. 
<laughs> and probably the person sitting on their bike now riding around, maybe in Copenhagen or in Cape Town or in <laughs> Mumbai, whoever it is that's listening to this podcast, you know, is, is probably going to say, oh, but yeah, but there's this one thing you have to try here, you know, well, add yeah. that to the comments or do hashtag design to change, you know, tweet it out or put it on whatever medium there is now in your universe when you hear this. I hope the hashtag will still be around so that we can track and trace yeah. that when we're really old and we go, oh, remember that conversation, uh, Devin, when, uh, you know, back in 2021. Um, but I, um, I really enjoyed hanging out backstage with you. Uh, it's yes, making it's wonderful. me really, really hungry now. <laughs> I fully expect to see a round of cheeseburgers on your Komodo Dragon Grill with the puppers in the background and that beautiful view and that, that, that picture better accommodate my podcast. Like, and, and we ended with this idea of the perfect cheeseburger and the perfect perspective while you look at making the perfect burger. And what does that look like for the Janssen family? What does it look like for the Pasha family? I am, I'm very tempted to do that. However, what you don't know is that it's, it's raining now outside here in Switzerland. Um, mm. and, um, for tonight, we have something quite similar, but it doesn't include bread, but it's the raclette version of it. So I promise to do one thing. Uh, before this podcast comes out, I will tweet a picture of the raclette uh, with hashtag design to change. Um, and again, that's perfection and cheese, right? Send the cows to the right altitude to eat the right kind of grass and make the right kind of cheese so that in the winter you can melt it over some potatoes with a little bit of fresh pepper and a little dill pickle on the side. And um, simplicity is rewarded by quality, right? So I think- uh, There you go. Yeah. Perfection. Thank you so much for uh, geeking out with us. Thank you to the- Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was, this was really fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> let's go back to Anthony. Let's, let's, let's give him some applause. Let's welcome Woo! him back. Woo, Anthony! You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag Event Canvas. Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget, it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation. Oh.